Our scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, at the home of Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. There he gave a dinner for him. Martha served, and Lazarus was the one of those at the table with him. Mary took a pound of costly perfume made of pure nard, anointed Jesus' feet, and wiped them with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of the disciples, the one who was about to betray him, said, Why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and the money given to the poor? He said this not because he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief. And he kept the communion purse and, or the common purse and used to steal what was put into it. Jesus said, Leave her alone. She bought it so that she might keep it for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor with you, but you will not always have me. The word of God to the people of God. Thanks be to God. Again, we welcome everyone with us here in the house and those of us online worshiping with us, whether you're worshiping with us today or later on in the week, we thank you for being a part of the Good Shepherd family as we are all family together. Continue to talk with us on uh, through your text and your comments, even if you're in the house this morning, you can comment back with me. It's all right, but we just want to take this moment to hear what God has to say for us. Are you beginning to feel gathered up in Jesus? We're, we're drawing that near to the end of our Lenten series, but, but hopefully we're gaining a better understanding of how we are gathered up in the arms of Jesus throughout our lives. Our theme verse for this sermon series is, is found in Luke's Gospel in the 13th chapter in the 34th verse. And, and let's say it together. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, that city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often have I desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings and you were not willing? As Jesus calls us this Lenten season to a deeper faith-filled living, we are beginning to recognize Christ's loving grace around us. As crazy, as unpredictable as life can be, Jesus' unconditional love surrounds us and reminds us that we are never, never outside of God's love and protection. As we seek reconciliation, offer repentance, practice self-denial, and desire a deeper connection to Christ during Lent, we are reminded that our humanness gets in the way of our longing to live righteous and unblemished lives. We confess our shortcomings and, and receive forgiveness. We seek to grow closer to God and deepen our relationship with God. We participate in, in reordering the priorities of our lives individually and as a faith community. And we become more committed followers of Christ. Digging deeper into our faith practices and comparing our lives to Christ's examples, we recognize that our only hope is in Christ we are not alone. We are not alone in our faith journey or as a faith community as we embrace God's new thing here at Good Shepherd. May we recognize our need for more Christ, more discipleship, more connection as we continue this Lenten journey. Over the last few weeks, we've explored Jesus' temptation in the wilderness and his responses to the adversary. 
learning that Jesus' choices made the cross inevitable, inevitable for him, but demonstrated his love for us. We are learning that, that our responses to life's temptations are determined by our ability to perceive the divine within us rather than to rely on our human frailty. As we focused on the images of, of Jesus that deepen our understanding of who Jesus is, we connected with Jesus. We described and defined how Jesus is made real to us. We came to know that Jesus and his unconditional love is the solution for any problem. We recognize that Jesus is our shelter from the world's brokenness, our security, our safety, our meaning, and our purpose. We've, invited, we've been invited by Jesus to, to live a fruitful life, to go beyond questioning and blaming, to, to live our lives as though it's, a, it's as precious in our sight as it is in God's sight. We discovered that through worship, prayer, mission, and service, the Holy Spirit speaks to us and guides us into a more fruitful life and connection to God, to creation, and to ourselves. We found that fruitfulness is not solely for our own benefit, but for the impact it can have on our spheres of influence. Transformation begins. It begins to take root around us when we bear fruit. We seek to be that follower of Christ who bears fruit and, and not just the Christian who simply takes up a spot on the pews on Sunday morning or throughout the week wherever we take our time for worship. Now the familiar story of the prodigal son that we read last week reminded us that we often want and search for something that seems lost when it is really just within our reach if we would only look for it. We recognize that, that we don't have to come to the point of starvation in order to receive the generosity and outpouring of love that comes from God. It's before us every day simply for our acceptance. We learned about grace and acceptance and, and our need for it from this all too familiar story of the prodigal son. God's grace and God's love is extravagant even in the midst of a chaotic world, even during the season of Lent when our humanness is so palatable. We are all, all welcomed back home by God from our wandering, whether we have wandered far or we've just stepped off the path. Jesus is gathering us all in. Do we feel it? Do you feel Jesus gathering us? As our Lenten journey continues, let us just fall fall into the arms of Jesus and receive the extravagant and undeserved love that he has to offer. Today, today we hear the story of Mary, Mary's extravagant gift to Jesus as she pours out the expensive perfume to wash his feet, a symbolic preparation of, of his body for burial and an anointing for what is to come. We read of the reluctance of some that were in his entourage that, that such an expensive gift was wasted and such a perceived misappropriation. Mary's gift filled the house with fragrance, much like the fragrance of Jesus' love fills our lives. Do you remember coming in from work or from school and, and as soon as you opened the door, you smelled dinner cooking and you couldn't wait until dinner time? Or maybe it's that smell of popcorn as you enter a movie theater. Can you smell that aroma of, of fresh-cut grass or the, or the scent of a, of a newly mown hay? Baking bread, cookies, 
cooking, chlorine from a swimming pool, a perfume or a cologne of, of a special someone. All of these smells take us back to a memory, a special moment or a favorite treat. That moment when Jesus washed, or Mary washed Jesus' feet with a pint of nard, which was an expensive perfume, that moment would become for those present a memory of a special time. A time before Jesus' earthly life ended. A time that foreshadowed what was to come. Yet a time of true worship and honoring of who Jesus was and what Jesus meant to his followers. Whether Mary knew it or not, Jesus' time on earth was coming to an end. Mary wanted to show Jesus just how much he meant to her, so she gave him a gift. The gift was not so much the expensive perfume, but the gift of honoring him in the moment by washing his feet as he would do on his final act of service to his disciples. For Jesus, this moment became an anointing. Because of this event happened six days before the Passover, six days before his death, it's natural that Jesus would perceive that this is an act for his burial. He didn't think about the cost monetarily or, or the cost that he, had would, he would have to pay in just a few days. He thought about the love behind the giving. For Mary... This act was a demonstration of her devotion to Jesus as, as she humbled herself, not only by doing a servant's task, but by unbinding her hair in public and, and pouring the perfume on Jesus' feet rather than on his head, as was the custom. For Mary, this act was one of surrender and love for the one who had given so much to her. It's not about the cost of the gift. It was about the love. Now the question for us today is, what is it that we have to give to Jesus this morning as we honor what Jesus means to us? Have you ever received that gift that was so extravagant that you didn't know really how to respond to the giver? I'm not talking about those gifts that you may have received and you don't really know what to do with, but those gifts that, you are, that were sacrificial in value, either monetarily or emotionally, these gifts take our breath away and, and conjure emotions that are difficult to express and then we often, often mutter, you shouldn't have. We don't make this statement because of our ungratefulness, but, but out of our inability to live into the image of us that such a gift represents to the giver. We are excited and honored by the gift, but have difficulty accepting the self-imposed burden that the gift may represent. Such a gift may, may even cause anger when, like it did for Judas in our scripture reading this morning because the cost of the gift could have been used in a more benevolent manner. But in our scripture reading this morning, Mary's action is seen as a, as a prelude by others as a gift when the events of the upcoming week played out. The gospel writer seeks to, uh, sees this act as a foreshadowing of, of Jesus' own act of service to his disciples at the Last Supper. But Mary demonstrates that she understands the, the kind of love that Jesus calls us to. Even Martha demonstrates that she gets it this time around. If we think about that story where she didn't quite get it early on. But she realizes because she serves Jesus. But then, and then there's Judas. 
his outburst that the gift is too expensive and that the money should have been spent on the poor seems a bit out of place in this moment of honor, doesn't it? Judas was, was concerned with the high cost of things but the value of nothing. Scripture goes on to say that he even dipped into the coffers a bit for his own needs. Judas was likely responding not out of concern for the poor, but out of selfish desire. But the lesson Jesus wants us to learn this morning is that, there, that no gift is wasteful when it is given in love. No matter how extravagant or how little monetary value a gift might hold, no gift is unimportant when it's given in love. No act of service is demeaning when, when love is the motivator, no matter how humble or how pretentious. Now that last verse in our scripture reading this morning leaves us a bit confused. Is Jesus asking us to give to the poor out of duty and to him out of extravagance? Maybe Jesus once again is, is speaking to our experience, wanting us not to live our lives one way sometimes, and another way at another time. Maybe, just maybe, Jesus is asking us to live our lives with consistency, loving all people with the same love that Jesus loves us, serving all people no matter how they live their lives. Maybe Jesus was telling us in this last verse that sometimes when we give to the poor, we will see his face, and other times we won't. Sometimes we will feel his presence and, and sometimes we will feel alone. However we feel, whoever we see, Jesus tells us that we should give and serve out of love and to do so with extravagance. So I ask again, what is it that you have to give Jesus this morning as we honor what Jesus means to us? All Jesus desires is our best self, our heart, our devotion, our love. As we come to the altar this morning for communion, give extravagantly of yourselves and receive the extravagant gift of God's love and grace. Now we're going to go back to uh, serving by intention this morning. We will, uh, the servers, when they come forward, we, we will wash our hands with some hand sanitizer. We will uh, come down the center aisle. You'll receive the gift they will give to you. You'll take a piece of bread, dip it in the cup, and then come to the altar to pray. Now, if you're, un if you're uncomfortable with that method, if you're still just a little hesitant to receive that way, we do have the, the communion cups that we've been using, and you may take one from the server off the plate. And then we will close out communion with a prayer. So let us begin. You will find your responses on, on, uh, on page 13 if you want to use the hymnal, or they will be on the screen. Christ the Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors 
and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give our thanks to the Lord our God. It is a right and good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Almighty God, Creator of heaven and earth. In love you made us for yourself. <coughs> Excuse me. And when we had fallen into sin and become subject to evil and death, your love remained steadfast. You bid your faithful people cleanse their hearts, prepare with joy for Easter feast, that renewed by your word and sacraments, the fervent in prayer and works of justice and mercy. We may, we may come to the fullness of grace that you have prepared for those who love you. And so, with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. <coughs> Power and might. Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ, whom you sent in the fullness of time to redeem the world. He emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in our likeness. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even death on a cross. He took himself, our sin, and death, and offered himself a perfect sacrifice for the sin of the whole world. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. <clears throat> On the night he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, and broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. <coughs> when supper was over, he took the cup. He gave thanks to it, to you. He gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you, for this is the blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine, 
Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with each other, one with Christ, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with your Holy Spirit in your Holy Church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty God, now and forever. Amen. If those who have asked to, to help will come forward, please. Let us come to this table where all are welcome.
Thanks be to God for this indescribable gift. Go in peace and share God's love with all you meet. Amen.